So in this case, your butt meat is the donut and the water is the water or perhaps the coffee because I don't dunk donuts in water, but I do often, when I have the chance, dunk donuts in coffee. Hello, welcome back to Privy Podcast Besties. Uh, a little shopkeeping of Privy Maintenance, if you will. Uh, I'm sorry it's been a while. I've been busy. Uh, I work with young people, and so uh, I don't know why February ended up being super busy, but it was. Um, and so, like I said, uh, the key to podcast success is to record four episodes and then just take an extensive break. So uh, if you've been wondering, gosh, I hope Hunter is still using the bathroom regularly, don't worry. Uh, I have been for sure regular. And speaking of regular, um, we've been doing plenty of custodial work, uh, which means another fun aspect that I'm reminded of the glory of Privy uh, thrice weekly on a regular basis. So those will lend to some stories, uh, one of which you're probably going to hear. Now in Hunter's Story Zone uh, is now called Hunter's Anecdotes to Keep You Afloat. So um, the I'm going to tell the story. So recently in the last couple weeks where I work, I clean toilets. So I, I'm acquainted it with and other people's bodily matter in that way, which is a real pleasure. Uh, but one of the things that happened this last week is I arrived to clean one of the toilets that I regularly clean, and I go to lift the toilet seat, and this sweet, sweet toilet seat just separates right off from the hinge and just pulls away from, from the rest of the, the toilet. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, how did this happen? And then I look, and I can't stress this enough because the agent by which this thing separated was none other than the corrosive nature of people's urine. Uh, people had peed on the seat and not wiped it off. And um, this probably happened for some time before my company started to use the space. Uh, but nonetheless, when I come in to clean, it was in rough shape and the entire toilet seat separated off. And so I hope to be able to share that sweet picture with all of you on the internet soon. Um, but all that is to say is I, I lifted the seat to clean underneath it and it separated. But when that happened, this hinge, I started to look at it because I've never really had a super big reason to look at these hinges and see what's going on. Uh, and I started to wonder about these hinged toilet seats. And, and as often as we do, Privy is concerned with the hi history of toilets and the things that come before us in, in Privy and potty culture. Uh, and so this week we are going to be talking about toilet seats. More importantly, we're going to be trying to settle a long-running, perhaps, debate. It's not really a debate. It's going to be pretty simple, as you'll see. 
but a, maybe some tension or or a disagreement about putting the seat down. Whose job is it when when you encounter this toilet seat that now has a hinge, as we'll see in history? Whose job is it to maneuver the toilet seat so it is in a position that they find more favorable for bathrooming? Uh, and so toilet seats as we know them today uh, at least in homes um, they they likely weren't around until the like 1930s however there have universally been shown there needs to be some sort of seat to sit on and so if you've ever had the experience of bathrooming in the woods and making a makeshift toilet seat you essentially cut a hole in like a camping chair and that is like the target by which your hams have to hang through in order to have a seat to do in the woods. It does make for a better woods going experience, but again, depending on how much uh, you have hanging down, you could have your bare bottom poking through this hole exposed to the elements in a weird way. Uh, and that's, that's kind of fucked up. Um, but again, it wasn't until the early 1900s that people started to desire and use a seat that was separate and hinged and could be raised. Um, and so this idea of, of a raising a seat, this is primarily a concern for folks who stand to use the potty. Um, and it, it often is a thing that just makes aim a little easier and maybe reduces the dribble, if, if you will. Not sure. Um, but anyway, at some point, people deemed toilet seats worthy to not just have a, a permanent seat to sit on but to say hey we need a mechanism by which to make sure this thing can go from being a seat to sort of being a seat but being less of a seat in a very unhelpful way um, and so the gentleman who is credited with the the hinge toilet seat his name is mcdonald herbert cumming uh, and this patent was filed in the 1930s. And what's, what's super interesting about uh, Cumming is when you look him up, you don't really find much. Uh, you find out he was born in Scotland in the 1860s. And one of the main uh, identifying documents is this registration card from the 1940s. Uh, and sometime in there between... 1860 and 1940, Cummings moved to America and was residing in Massachusetts. And he seems to be one of these people who is less known than the thing he created. Uh, his, his hinged toilet seat, so like if I try to maneuver and look at the seat that I am currently sitting on, um, it has a lid and it has like the regular seat situation but you can clearly see that like the lid sort of rests on top of the seat situation um, but what's what's really interesting about his is 
his entire seat portion, first of all, it was very thin. Uh, and so I think folks may have needed less surface area for their bums back then. I don't know, maybe not. But uh, yeah, it was, it was relatively thin. But one of the things that you can see is that this seat, when lifted up, actually nests into the toilet seat top. Uh, it's kind of cool, and it, it saves space, I imagine, um, but the design actually looks pretty sleek. Uh, and the, the things that connect the seat to the hinges, these like connector points, look a lot like if you've ever seen a saxophone or a clarinet key. Uh, it kind of looks like that. It's super weird. It looks like it was made out of uh, metal and wood, which I hope that they put a fresh layer of, of lacquer or sealant on that, or else you're going to have some splinters, which splinters plus any sort of privy situation is awful, and you do not want it, uh, and you should just stay away, in my opinion, from wooden um, seating just in general don't go near um but this this uh, the minute this invention came into being um you can only i mean you can just sense it it's like the great debate began whose job is it to put the seat down um and you can i maybe cue the tale as old as time music here i guess but it's it's this stereotypical joke of a married couple who or or any couple who argues about who left the seat up and who is supposed to put it down. Um, and before we move on, the term that I've heard and that I've grown up using to describe the action of when you sit down on a toilet that has had the seat left up um, is called dunking your donut. So in this case, your butt meat is the donut and the water is the water or perhaps the coffee because I don't dunk donuts in water but I do often when I have the chance dunk donuts in coffee so to extend the metaphor a bit too far your butt donut is then dunked in the toilet bowl coffee um, but Unlike a nice cup of coffee, which is warm and generally inviting, um, toilet bowl water is usually much colder than the human body. Um, I, I imagine it's somewhere in the range of like of a nice uh, balmy, maybe 60 degrees or less, uh, which isn't too bad. But like when, when your possibly warm bottom touches not so warm when when your warm bottom touches the cold water um it's a sensation that you do not want and so it's striking and that is why you know you don't want to miss you you always see the like it, it's it's unfortunate for like young girls who maybe are learning how to use the potty but they haven't learned that there are jokesters out there who do not put the seat down uh, and then unfortunately there's the ones that fall in and that's no fun and I don't know if you've ever like 
sunk your donut into a toilet, but like once your butt leaves the zero plane level of the flat top of a toilet, you've got to exert some extra energy to overcome the gravity muscle-wise of your butt hanging down that far past your center of gravity once you've dunked your donut. Um, but the unexpected cold, and then there's this moment where you say, shoot, my donut is all wet now, and you have to scramble, like I said, to defeat that weird center of gravity uh, to get your body up and out of the surface of the bowl and back into the warm uh, atmosphere of your bathroom. So uh, I wonder how many people have sogged their donut holes before they said to themselves, we have got to construct some sort of shelf for our hammies to droop from so we don't have to do extreme squats over this hole. You don't want to mix intense number twoing with squats. Uh, it's a bad move 100% of the time. Uh, bathrooming plus squats equals sadness and extra laundry to do. And so I think, I think this act of dunking your donut is at the heart of the debate over whose job is it to put the toilet seat down? Who's on the hook? And at some point between digging a hole in the ground to go and having a specific device or facility to do so, people realize they need something to sit on in order to do their business. Um, and I won't, I won't speak for women in this, but traditionally, or to generalize, it is my understanding that it is more difficult for, for women or people who traditionally do not have uh, front parts to stand while going number one in the bathroom. Um, and I would argue that that, that urination is, is what is going to occur most in the bathroom. And Men can do that standing up, but more importantly, as we're going to see, that is not the only option. Um, and and I'm, like I said, I'm sure there are some exceptions to this, but for the sake of the debate, it's something that we often observe. Um, sometimes when you get too ahead of yourself and too passionate in discussing super serious matters and making sure that we are all on common ground on whose job it is, you get a little ahead of yourself, and I'm sorry for that. Um, if you looked at the release schedule of this podcast, it would be the first time I was ahead of myself in about three weeks. Uh, but to give a lowdown, so the debate runs along something like runs something like this: people who stand to pee argue that people who sit to pee should have to put the seat down because they're the ones who need to sit down to pee. People who sit to pee argue that people who stand to pee should have to put the seat up because they're the ones who need it up to stand to pee. And this argument seems to be an argument of 
what is the natural state? What is point zero, the, the point of origin, zero, zero, of the toilet seat? What is that? And so as all good research is conducted, I hopped on the internet and I typed in pictures of toilet seats in the packaging. Uh, and so when I did that, um, I found out that position alpha, when you buy a toilet seat from the store, it comes with the toilet seat down. Uh, and so this is kind of strike one for the uh, lady folk should have to put the seat up. Um, that, that does not seem to be true because, again, point alpha or state zero of a toilet seat is that it is toilet seat down in the packaging. And so I like to think of it as putting the toilet seat down returns the toilet seat to its natural state. It makes it more comfortable. It, it's easier on the hinges. Uh, and I think, you know, thinking of hinges, especially folks who like to um, laz on them, whether purposefully or accidentally, um, you know, maybe there's a little more care if you have to lift the seat and operate that hinge before you get to do your bathroom. Um, and so as far as the, the social aspect, so we've kind of got this, this functional state zero, what is actual, like the physical thing of it. And, and I think that points to seat down, good. Uh, but what about the social aspect? So the social aspect is folks who pee standing up can pee sitting down. You can do it. You can choose to stand. You choose to stand. Folks traditionally who have to sit to pee, it's just that. They, they have to. To stand to pee would be just unbearably awkward. There's no other option. And so for, for folks who have front-facing pee genitalia, it might be beneficial to remember that your standing is a choice. You could sit down if you had to. Um, and you have less aiming to do when you sit down. I mean, it's mostly just like, it's mostly just, hey, have I sat down? Have I pulled my pants down? Then it's time to fly. Um, if, you, if you sit down, there's less aiming. And then there's also like less time where if you do miss or if you do have the mad dribble, you, you don't have to do as much like post post personal time toilet bowl cleaning. Um, so again, I think that is strike two for seat up folks uh, and a person. So this is last in this. And, and this is where I want to tread lightly because this is, this is kind of Hunter's personal bathrooming thought which, you know, there's been a few of those on Privy so far, but I really, I'm trying to explain what I think should just be a pretty obvious thing. Um, but a person, let's say a lady folk person, 
who is required or often has to sit to pee, they should not be on the hook or be responsible for a person who has stood and peed and left the seat up. Because and unless you are using a, a male-only bathroom where everyone is choosing to stand to pee, that seat almost always is in its natural resting state, zero seat down. And when that person walked into the room, they lifted the seat, so they have already touched it. Now, why not just, since you've already touched it, go ahead and grab that seat and flang it right on down back to where it was? Because the last thing that some poor lady needs to be dealing with is coming in, seeing that some bloke has left the seat up, saying, well, I've got no other options. I've got to, like, wrap my entire hand in toilet paper because who knows if that gentle fellow either missed, was just really blasting one off, and it was just splashing out onto the side. But either way, I've got to get my hand into the personal space of where he did that thing. And that's not right. So just put the seat down. Just put the seat down. It's easy. You, if, if all you have to complain about or to argue about is, well, why should I have to put the seat down if you don't have to put the seat up? Stop it. Stop it now. Put it down. It's the natural resting state. It makes the most sense. And you do not need one more piece of life handed to you by having someone else put the seat up or back down after you've used it. You, as the person who is choosing to stand to pee, are on the hook for both raising the seat and lowering the seat. And, second thing, because I know that this is going to be out there, that there's going to be folks that say, well, if I'm not on the hook for putting it, if I'm going to be on, sorry, if I'm going to be on the hook for putting the seat back down, you bet your bottom dollar or your bottom dookie that I am not going to put the seat up. Now, to a lot of people, you would hear that and you would say, oh, good, they're going to choose to sit down and maybe do it that way. But no, they might be tempted to leave the seat down, thus narrowing that hole, that target by which they can keep in everyone's social graces by making sure the urine stream travels through it into the water to receive it. Because with the seat down, you, you lose about an inch or two on all sides of where it is safe to hit. And so if you're, if you're thinking, well, I guess if I, if I hit the seat, that's on you because you want to make sure to stop it. No more of that. If you hit the seat, you know the rules. Be a needy, wipe the sweetie. Be a needy, wipe the sweet. No, that's wrong, and I and I totally screwed it up. It's be a sweetie and wipe the. Be a sweetie and wipe the seedy. You'd swear that I was chewing gum right now. That I could not one. Remember that that was the saying, and two. Once I remembered that I said it wrong. 
multiple times, actually go back and say it correctly. Be a sweetie and wipe the CD. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Chivalry is alive, and even if you want to say it's dead, people need to put the seat down when you are done. It's the least you can do. So the resolution, it's the official position of privy. Stamped, sealed, approved, that you need to put the seat down when you are done standing to bathroom. Natural resting state of the toilet seat is down. Not up, down. If you are a lid person, now that's cool. And I know that there's a lot of folks that just like leave their toilet bowl water open to the surrounding world. And I get that. Um, I kind of have to plop it down for when I record. Otherwise, it's just not as comfortable. So we're just going to talk about how I put the seat down all the way with the lid. And that's that. But you cannot put the lid down without putting the seat down. And so if you're like, well, I don't know how to remember. Just put the whole thing down. If you look at the toilet and it has anything hinge flipped up, put it down. Everything goes down. The pee goes down. The poop goes down. The water goes down. The seat goes down. When you are bathrooming, down is good. Seat down. Don't be a clown. Put the seat down. Um, if you would disagree with that ruling, uh, I feel like I should just say I don't care. But if you disagree with that ruling, I get it. Um, you know, it's fun to have something to come down on a weird side. But if, if you disagree with it, please, 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 please feel free to email me and say, hey, you have missed something. Here is a tangible thing that is a reason why Privy's stance should be different. I don't foresee it changing, but I am open to good arguments about this topic. Um, so again, email that at uh, privycast at gmail.com. Um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at privycast. We also have a Facebook group. Uh, I believe it's at privycast. I'll make sure of that, um, and I'll try to make sure that those links are, are shared on the other social platforms. And also, um, even though I've been away for a while, you know, I I'm hoping to get back into it and have a regular podcast schedule. Uh, regular is good, as all Privy fans know. Being as regular as possible is key. And I hope that as with everybody's uh, personal toilet time, Privy can be as regular as possible as well. Um, that said, make it a regular thing to rate and review each episode or, or just the podcast in general on iTunes or wherever you listen if you're able to rate or, li uh, rate or review. Um, that just helps people find it. If you're like, yeah, I have a friend who's wrong and thinks that they should be able to just leave the seat up maybe that's the time to rate and say well i hope they find it but also share that with a friend and tell them hey you're not right actually and here's this um guy who doesn't know that much about toilets but man has spent enough time around and on and in some ways inside 
of toilets who is coming down with a verdict on this thing. Uh, and so if that's what Privy can serve you with this week, I, I am grateful. Um, but otherwise, thank you guys for listening. And as always, don't forget to flush. <laughs> <laughs>